Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast, a podcast about all things Hastings United. I'm your host Chris Laverick and in today's show we have Andrew Brown, Assistant Manager at Hastings United, answering your questions and much more besides. Also today we have Millie Topless, Hastings United women's youngest player, talking what it's like to be amongst the squad and her remarkable journey to becoming a used player, plus all the regular segments. Enjoy Hastings fans, and here's Andrew Brown. Hello Chris. Hi Andrew, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Uh, you shouldn't have asked that question. I uh, just brought uh, my daughter back. Just uh, She's a highly disagreeable four-year-old at the moment, so... Uh, oh, no. one of those days. Well, you know, I'm sure you, you, you get that with uh, when you're when you're uh, trying to coach the lads, you know, when they're being oh, naughty boys, do, yeah. naughty boys, and uh, you have to... T- Four-year-old <laughs> Yeah. No, it's, look, Andrew, that's, it's fantastic you give us a little bit of time. I've got, I got a few questions I've got from from uh, some of the Hastings fans. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw one at you straight away. You missed out on promotion last year and, and look on course for promotion this season, although it's early days. With your good mix of experience and... Uh, young talent how far can you think this Hastings team can go nah, I saw this question on Twitter actually um, yeah no t- to be fair the, as I said it's still early days for this season so yeah. as well as as well as we started and sort of as, as how pleased we are with where we're at we, we recognise it so, you know, we're only we're only seven games in and uh, there's a lot of hard work and a lot of, a lot of football to be played ahead of us yeah no, I that so far, as I said, as pleased as we are, that's all it is at the moment. It's a good start. So, um, in terms of being on course this season, I think that's um, you know, as I said, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of football ahead. But um, I think in terms of, I think the the key which you touched on there, the, the balance of experience and youth is um, something that's played a, a big part in the success that we've had in the last year or two. And um, you know, we hear a lot of a lot of credit and, and rightly so going to the young players like your Ben Wards and Tom Chalmers and as I said rightly so they're um, you know doing terrific things on the pitch yeah. particularly at their age yeah. we can't we can't obviously overlook and underestimate the the influence that the senior players will be having on their development and I mean the dressing room's class yeah. the dressing room's class yeah. as I said you, uh, you have players like your Gary Alfred Craig Stone Sam Adams Mixed with your Tom Chalmers and Ben Wards, at sort of at the complete other end of the um, scale in terms of where they're at with their career, and you know the the senior players play such a big part in in the in the, in the young players' development, and uh, no doubt having a big influence on the you know the reason Tom and Ben are doing so well. And so you know that that balance has been key for us, and so you know how how far we can go as a side, only time will tell. But um, it's, uh, as I said, we're, we're certainly, certainly pleased with where we're at. Yeah, no, no, it's a, it's yeah. a great mix. It is, a, it is a great mix. You can see what the, the young lads are feeding off the older, older players as well, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's great to watch. I mean, that question itself. I mean, I, the way I, I looked at it, because you know, it, it is early days. It's nice to have a good start, but it's, I think it's that 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 team could develop over the next couple of years. I suppose promotion is, is what we want. Yeah, that's what everyone wants. But it's and then it's just trying yeah. to keep that side together and those players growing together. Yeah, I, I think that, um, yeah, I, I think that's a challenge, and um, I think it's you almost. I mean, you almost uh, you you can become a victim of your own success in some ways, and you know you 
we're, we're very lucky to have such a good academy and such a great pool of talent locally. And, um, you know, so we're regularly seeing players break through in the last few years. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, you know, the, the academy is doing its job in terms of producing players for the first team. But, you know, their job's not necessarily just to produce players for our first team. It's to, it's to try and provide a, a potentially a career pathway in football mm. even higher than the team, you know. So... If 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 we if we do our jobs right, then hopefully we may we may see players move on and go and play higher. I mean, I see this week it's obviously been announced about Adam Lovett yeah. going higher, which is great. Yeah, um, and I'm so pleased for him. It's been it's been a long time coming, and um, he, he certainly deserves it. Um, so that's that's always the challenge. Is you know if, if we're doing a good job, um, and I don't just mean winning football matches. I mean in terms of developing young players as well. Then there's always that challenge of. Um, you know they might go higher, which is which is obviously a real positive for them as individuals and for them as a club. Um, and and I suppose we are we are very lucky in the the, the sort of pool of local talent and um, the great work that's going on in the academy. We've 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 always got players coming through year on year so far um, and knocking on the door, which is great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is it, it, a, a challenge. It's a tough one, but. Um, you know, we we probably I think with with the caliber of talent that we've got and um, locally and at the club I think, I think you know we probably wouldn't be doing our jobs if players didn't move on and go higher. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A big one. Yeah, no, and hopefully that that will reflect in our team going up. I mean, but it doesn't work that way. I know it doesn't work that way in football, but we, we've started well. That's yeah, exactly. I don't want to get yeah. Otherwise, Boris, uh, you know, he's stopped the season again. So you know, he's obviously. Uh, a, He's obviously a Cray fan or something. But anyway, the, yeah, I was going to say to you, now I remember when I was um, chatting with Aggie and he was saying about yourself and, you know, how much of a great influence he is and that how sort of measured you kind of calm him down a little bit, that, you, you know, you're always that shoulder for the good advice. You you, you see the game well. Now, you first met him... <laughs> uh, you first met him when he was at Albion in the community. Is that Have I got that right? Yeah, it was probably... Yeah. Obviously, you, you must have had your falling outs, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, and yeah. How do you know? How do you know when you're going to have a good day with him? Like, I mean, is it sort of like when you first walk in, like you can tell is he got the ump or not, or how's that work? Can you read each other that easily? Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, um, we're. You know, we're we're quite fortunate in the job that we're working in. You know, we it's uh, it doesn't really feel like work. It's it's a hobby. So you know, really. So you know, generally we're we're always in a pretty good mood anyway. Yeah. We enjoy obviously working in football. We enjoy working with each other and the staff yeah. that we work with. So um, generally, you know, there's 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 obviously ups and downs, but mm. um, generally there, there there seems to be more ups than more highs than lows. Yeah. Um, Things are going well, mm. but um, 
but you know, we're to be fair, Chris is very the, the sort of the more success or the, the better the run that we're on, the harder he has us working, and mm. um, you know that goes the same for staff as well as the players, and you know the the players will vouch for this, and it's um, I, I believe that's it's one reason you know we've we've managed to continuously you know put runs together and and do do as well as we have done in the last year or so. Uh, but no, we as a, yeah we've we've known each other for a long time, so we're we're very much we know sort of where each other are at and mm. how we're thinking, and and yeah we probably balance off against each other quite well. So if he is uh, if he is if he has got the arm for, you know, we even know to leave him alone or yeah um, yeah we know you know you don't have to put him on a naughty step or anything, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wanting to ask you because I saw that you've you've passed you know UEFA A license badge because I know like most of us just mere fans we 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 don't really know what that entails. What what does getting that qualification? What have you had to go through to get that that qualification? Yeah. So obviously you start at level one. So you have your level one and two coaching qualifications, which are they're a little bit easier to get onto. They run them more regularly throughout the year, locally in your in your sort of local uh, county. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm quite fortunate. I've done my level one and two as a as a course at Bexhill College, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so I've done that and then started and then uh, started coaching Albion in the community. And then it's probably four or five years later that I then um, applied for my UEFA B license, which is your level three. And at the time, they were going through a process of changing the course and changing the direction that they went in. So I was, I was probably quite fortunate. Actually, I got onto the last, the last sort of blocks of the old sort of era, if you like, in terms mm. of the way they delivered those courses. But I actually done mine up in Newcastle because they oh. were very, very few and far between. So I travelled up there six or seven times. So you, you, you go up in sort of three day blocks. Yeah. Um, at the time. For the for the B license, so I was up there over a sort of nine to twelve month period, mm. sort of every every two or three months for three day blocks, and you get assessed on the course and um, and that sort of thing, and then you have your final assessment at the end of the at the end of the nine to twelve months, and you you get assessed whether you pass or fail, mm. a bit like a driving test really. There's certain boxes you need to tick and all the rest of it, mm. and then again it was probably another three or four years later that I applied for my A license. But at the, at the time, they were they were prioritising academy coaches or coaches that were working in professional football to get onto the courses because they're so oversubscribed and you know the applications they get every year are, are through the roof. So mm. I was quite fortunate at the time. I was working at Brighton, which which allowed me to get onto the course. And then yeah. again, very similar to the to the B license, it was up at England Training Centre at St George's Park. Oh wow! And again, you, you go up there for sort of three four day blocks. Time is over a, a twelve to fifteen month period. Um, I think you, you go up there and do sort of six, six maybe eight blocks, um, where you you sort of essentially cover the whole game. Yeah. Um, and they have guest speakers coming in and stuff like that. And so, and, and over the course of the um, the qualification, you you have um, work and things to do, homework I suppose. Mm do away from the course so they come out and visit you at your workplace and come and see your coach within your own environment oh, right. and, um, and then again once it gets to a point where they or as soon as they deem you a licensed competent they then sign you
I was quite fortunate I managed to get um, Ted Dale, the guy who, who runs the UEFA and B licenses down in Sussex, came out quite regularly to see me to see me work and got through my the final project and everything quite quickly. Oh, and, nice. um, and, and, and yeah, it was, it was passed off. I mean, there's still some people on, that were on my course now that are still waiting to be signed off. So oh, really? I think there's a real lack. Yeah, I just think there's a real lack of FA tutors around the around the country and sort of oversubscription in terms of coaches and, and people wanting to be on the courses. So it, it, it's quite a long process, but very rewarding at the end once you get that certificate. Oh. It's, it's, it's very pleasing. Yeah, yeah. You were saying about guest speakers. I mean, can you any any particular highlights of people that came in? Yeah, there was there was um, there was a guy, well, a tutor on the course um, called Paul McGuinness, who was um, ex Manchester United coach. I think he worked for Manchester United for about eighteen years. Worked very closely with um, Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm. He was he was very good. Um, I took a lot from him. He wasn't the he wasn't the timekeeper, was he? For the uh, when they you know before they score a goal, then blow the whistle type thing. Uh, no, no, definitely no? not. No. I, I, he did say that was part of their tactic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, his attention to detail was excellent. He was very good at sort of honing in on the one a one a one v one duel within the eleven v eleven and yeah. the, the sort of the real minute details that goes with that. He, he was very good, and I took a lot from him. And I, I still I follow him on Twitter now, and he, he puts a lot of good stuff on there. So he, he was probably the sort of standout from from my course. Yeah. Okay. I mean, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was is, is like how you look at the game because uh, you know us, us as Hastings fans, obviously most of us are, we're very partisan, some more than others. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. And it's just, how do you, like, when you visualise the game, because obviously you have to take in, I know you've got all that great video, you get quite a lot of video footage now as well, so that obviously helps you maybe be more in the moment. But, like, how do you kind of visualise the game when you're there? Like, what what are you reading? What's what's the sort of things that you pick up on straight away? I mean, I, you know, I don't know if I'm explaining myself very well, but, like, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, no, yeah, I'll, go on. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably, um, so I'll probably spend the first 10... First, um, first quarter of the first half or the first third of the first half uh, looking at the opposition so the first 10-15 minutes mm. I'll tend to look at um, the opponents and are they set out how we expected them to be mm. um, are they are they defending or attacking in, in how we saw we expected them to be are players playing in the positions and the areas that we thought they might be and if not um, any, oh. any changes yeah. or any surprises that they've maybe thrown at us um, whilst Chris will probably look at us and make sure that we're set up right, that, mm. um, that we're sort of carrying out the game plan from our end, um, and then we'll put our heads together probably after sort of 10, 15 minutes and mm. just couple the two together and, and, and go from there, really. And if there's anything that the opposition, any surprises that the opposition are sort of thrown up, we'll, we'll have that discussion and, um, and sort of come together in terms of how we best see the game panning out. Yeah. How we can potentially exploit how they're playing, um, whilst obviously playing to our own strengths. So it's it, it's difficult though. The, the challenge is obviously balancing that off with the emotion of the game, yeah, and not getting too caught up in. Yeah, that must be must be difficult. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. Yeah, I mean it's so easy to misread things. You can you can you know you can start a game not particularly well and. And score quite early on, and obviously that can mask how you view the game. And you maybe mm. think all's well, but you actually haven't started the game very well, and vice 
know, you could you could concede quite early, but you've actually started the game quite well. And if mm. you if you continue in that manner, then you can maybe get yourself back into the game and that sort of thing. But if you concede and you know goals obviously change your emotions completely, and um, so the challenge is to try and to try and look at as silly as it sounds, look at exactly what you're looking at without without the emotions sort of masking your thoughts and, and ideas really. Which, which is probably the toughest part of being on the sideline and it being live. And, you know, you have so often when you, you see things or think you see things and then you watch the game back 48 hours later and it was it was quite different to what yeah. you thought on the sideline. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy, but, it, you know, the great thing is we have quite a, quite a big staff and, so we, you know, there might be one or two staff members that are sat in the stand and watching it from a different perspective. And I think when you sit in the stand as well, you, you don't get as involved emotionally. Mm. So it's, it's really good to, to then get their perspective from it as well. But ju- just in general, I think we've, we've learned in the last year or two to, to sort of be less emotional and yeah, yeah to, to sort of analyse the game as we would you know, as I said, 48 hours later and, and try and view it in the same way and not let the, you know, not let the scoreline or not let our emotions get the best of us, really. Right. What I was going to ask you about was now, now that we've having another lockdown, I presume you you, you, you guys all, all knew this was probably coming or you, you made provision for it. What, what, have you, what have you set up for the lads or what's going to be set up for the lads in terms of I don't know, like homework or, or what sort of orders have they got in terms of keeping themselves fit? Because, I mean, this is this is annoying. You know, they've only just come back. They're only Some of them have, are only getting up to match fitness now and we've got another break. I mean, is there any like packages you've, you've sorted out for them that you expect them to get on with? Or Yeah, I mean, we'll have, we'll have constant communication with the players and um, they'll get given as, as much as possible. So, um, so straight away, we're... We're doing some physical work with them on Saturday. Mm. Um, we're we're going to try and or all of the players are expected to um, complete a 12k run at three o'clock on Saturday, which sort of replicates the sort of the instances they'll be covering in a game. Mm. Um, and there'll be a time, a sort of t- a target time for them to try and hit uh, that 12k run. And then there'll be there'll be various things going going on throughout um, throughout every week. They'll be given. Um, Sort of mobility and, and strengthening exercises to do to try and prevent injuries because um, that, that, that was the biggest thing we took from the last lockdown and you know not just us as a club but there was an awful lot of injuries around the country yeah um, you know the time off so this this time round we're going to try and sort of have a real focus on mobility and strengthening work as alongside obviously um, the players technically and having doing, doing a lot of work with the ball and going for runs and keeping their fitness up. Um, that side of it's just as important as well. So they'll get given they'll get given an awful lot of information. Um, they'll get given, as I said, um, fitness work to do. They'll get given strength and exercises. They'll get um, diet and nutrition advice, um, sleep advice. They you know, they get to be fair they, they get quite well looked after. And, um, but other, you know that being said, I don't think we. I don't think we. I think we could give them nothing for four weeks, and I think they'd be they'd come back in a really good place. I, I think you know that that's the sort of caliber of, of people we've got working with us. You know, they're all they're all top top lads, and they all look after themselves extremely well away from the building. They're all take um, extreme pride in, in where they're at. You 
know, whether they're whether they're 32, 33 coming towards the end mm. of their career or they're 16 and they're just breaking through. Um, we've, we've got a real good a real good group of, of, of people and um, so, you know, it's, there's no doubt they'll be looking after themselves anyway. And we, you know, we're just trying to help them um, with as much as possible alongside that. Yeah. We, we've, we've sort of viewed it and, and, and tried to set it to them as, as a real good opportunity to to improve. So for us as staff, to, you know, we'll review first start of the season we'll review our processes training match days and look for uh, any way possible that we can improve and it's the same with the players really they've, they've got a great opportunity to, to maybe watch games back and you know try and improve things in their own performance to really try and kick on and improve themselves fitness wise to do plenty of work with the ball and try and improve and then try and gain them one percent all the time so that's the way we viewed it is a, is a real good opportunity and I've no doubt we'll we'll come back in a really good place and, and ready to, to carry on where we left off. Thanks for that. I seem to ask you, maybe we give a chance, Andrew, that, you know, who, who do you support? Who do you follow in football? I mean, you keep quite quiet about these things, but, I mean, obviously, Aggie's a gooner. What's, what, do you, do you, you got a club side? Yeah, well, when, when I was young, I was a big Charlton fan. Um, when I, you were I, young? You're bloody uh, still young now, mate. Yeah, well, yeah, when I was even <laughs> So yeah. I, used to, I used to go and watch them regularly. Oh, nice. Um, and then when I sort of I, I moved down to East Sussex, I I follow them from afar. So I try and get up there a couple of times a season. Mm. I'm quite lucky. I know people that the people that work for the club. So oh, great. I managed to get up there a couple of times a season. Obviously, it's difficult when we've got games on a Saturday. But if there's any midweek games that don't clash, and if I'm not out watching other games in our league and stuff like that, and I can get to a Charlton game, then I will. So yeah, I, I sort of I'm not quite as diehard as what I was. Yeah, I, I still follow Charlton from afar. Yeah, oh, no, they're a great, they're a great club. I mean, I remember, I used to go watching them back in the late eighties because um, I'm a QPR fan. I mean, I'm a bit, probably a bit like yourself now. I'm not really, you know, I, I go, you know, I, I go occasionally, rarely now. I mean, I'm I'm more home and away at Hastings. So proper yeah, exactly proper football. But yeah, no, you, you've always been a, a family club. And it, you know it's great that you got that little that stadium back open, and because um, you know I mean it is a bit well, it's, it's not a Lego stadium. I won't say that, but it, it, it you know it, it's, it's it's a home, isn't it? I mean that's the thing, isn't it? It's yeah. uh, you, yeah. know, you know, and and you, I, I went there and you, and I think you beat us as well. So yeah, that's probably why I thought it was a, 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 a not, not a good ground. I'm going to ask you about your, what you, I mean. I always ask this anyway. Just um, what your feelings on the Hastings fans are. I mean, I know that we all love you, and not a physical love. You know, just uh, uh, you know, we love you. We love what you're doing. I mean, you got any thoughts on the Hastings fans? Brilliant, honestly, brilliant. And and, and the um, you know the atmosphere. I mean, uh, considering that we're obviously restricted to, to 400 fans at the moment, the atmosphere has been brilliant, and um, it doesn't go unnoticed. You know, the, the lads, and we're, we're always saying the first thing we say after the game is let's go and clap the fans and thank them for their support. Yeah.
you know, the more people we can get banging the drums and singing the songs and behind the goal, you know, it's only going to help us and, and how far we can go. So, honestly, they're, they're amazing. Yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to mention? Is there anything um, you guys are up to uh, over the lockdown or anything us fans can do? Anything we can support? I, yeah, I just think, um, you know, if we can just keep if we can just keep talking about the club and, you know, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of interest around the club at the moment, which is brilliant. Um, and I think, you know, the more we can keep sharing online and, and stuff like that and keep making people aware of the good work that's going on around the whole of the club, you know, hopefully when, when we get back to normal and um, restrictions are lifted and we can have fans back, you know, we can start packing out and, and, and getting the fans that um, I think that the players and, you know, I, th- I think that we will get and that the players deserve. And as I said, that, you know, the more people we can get there cheering and supporting us, and the more chance we've got of being successful. So no, I, I just think, you know, it's, it's obviously very difficult at the moment with restrictions and everything in place, but, you know, keep, keep supporting the club, keep talking about us, keep... You know, keep getting as much possible um, out there on social media, and, and uh, yeah, we, we look forward to welcoming you all back to the pilot field as, as soon as possible. Oh, look, Andrew, absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. Well, we'll, we'll be seeing you hopefully um, in a well a month, I maybe. Hope so. Hope so. I hope so. It's, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much, Chris. No, no cheers, uh, mate. Take care. Pat McCrossan and his song pick of the week. Texture like sun Lays me down With my mind she runs Throughout the night No need to fight Never a frown With golden brown Every time Just like the last On her ship Tied to the mast Two distant lands Takes both my hands Never a frown with golden brown Golden brown, fine attemptress through the ages she's heading west From far away, stays for a day Never a frown with golden brown
now here's Millie. Yeah, thanks, thanks for thanks for your time, Millie. Sorry. Not, well, not that we can not we can do anything uh, no, at no. the moment. No, it's a bit bit crap. I've got some questions for you. Tell you what, I mean, it was quite funny. I was talking to my seventeen year old who's downstairs, and I'm like, "Well, look, I'm an old man. I'm forty five. Yeah, you know, I, 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 what what do you ask someone of your age? You know, other than these footballing questions, you know? And oh, she's then, like, yeah. Well, I don't know. And I'm like, oh. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So I'll try my best, yeah? So yeah, yeah. I apologise if I do bore you. No, it's all right. Uh, well, let's kick off with, um, you know, you've, you've, you've come on a few times as sub, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what, what, one of the things I've been fascinated about, what's it like being around the, your, your team, which is a, quite freshly put together, when you've been around those big victory? I mean, what's, that, what's the dressing room like? It must be like, it must be a bit crazy, really. I mean, it's, it's a bit mad. It's a bit mad. They, they're quite good in the way that they don't let it get to their heads. So they're not like cocky after they win. So yeah. when everyone comes in, they like, they're not loud. Obviously, they love winning, but it's not, it's not overwhelmingly loud. It's they come in, they have a discussion, well done girls, and everyone just chills out a bit, but everyone likes to discuss the game. We all get changed together. Mm. And then we head off to the clubhouse where everyone goes through how they felt about the game and everything. But okay. it's, it's a bit crazy, <laughs> especially after they do massive wins like they have been doing recently. How much game time have you had? Have you managed to get uh, 15, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there? Or what's, how's it worked out for you? Usually there was one game, I think, where I got about 20 minutes um, in Woodingdean. Yeah. And then this game, I think I came on for about five, maybe ten. But it's usually not that long, but it's just to kind of get the minutes in at the moment. Oh, Just trying to get used to playing with them. Well, well but, that's one of the things I was going to say, you know, like you, you've come on. I mean, what's it like playing in front of such a big crowd? Oh, it's terrifying. Every time it's absolutely terrifying. Usually when I come in, like walk going into it, I think, oh, it's fine. It's nothing. Um, and then you sit down on the bench and then you hear everyone and you come on and it sets in. Yeah. It's just like got to get your game, game head on. But Does it take you a while to kind of get that out of your, your, your system? Or are you just, is it like the first challenge or the first pass and then you're, you kind of calm down? Or Yeah, I have a few maybe dodgy touches in the beginning, but then I usually try, kind of quickly getting in it mm. trying to snap myself in it and then i'm usually all right from then yeah what one of the things was like how how are you scouted uh for the women's team because i know that it was that all of this has been put together remarkably quickly um, yeah i mean ha, uh, what did you kind of get whispers from somewhere or was it you knew someone who knew someone else or are you part of a academy or what, what what was it so me and my friends during the end of lockdown we were like allowed to meet we used to go around and kick a ball at a field Mm. Um, and they saw the advertisement for it and they're like, oh, I'm going to sign up. And I was like, nah, I don't think I'm going to do it. Mm. I, I haven't played it. I've only played it for school. I haven't played like it with the team for years. So I don't think I'm going to do it. And then my mum came in to me and was like, oh, this thing's come up. Are you going to do mm. it? And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Mm. Um, and then my friends are like, oh, come on, please like do it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, fine. I'll do it just for like for fun, like not expecting anything from it. And then, like, before we always discussed, we'd be like, oh, if anyone, like, we're quite good in the way we're like, if anyone gets in, if we don't get in, well, like, we'll support you, we'll be there for each other and all that. Yeah. So we all went, and then I was absolutely terrified of the people who pre-signed. 
So yeah. people like Izzy and um, Ralph and Sophie and all that, absolutely yeah. terrified of them because in my mind, they were these massive big players who have done yeah. so well. And there's me, just a little like 16-year-old coming in from mm. just kicking a ball about. And then on the signing day, because they didn't actually tell us it was a signing day, like we didn't know um, what was going on. Yeah. And then and then I went in, they're like, oh, we signed you, we've given you a number. And I literally just came out and cried. I was oh, like, Christ, absolutely yeah, it must so emotional. I was so gobsmacked. God, oh, what, it was crazy. What a day, eh? mm. I know, what a day. <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, uh, Ralph, as in Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah, but what's she like as a captain? She's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I've never, ever, ever had a captain or someone like that like before. Not, she's just knowledgeable. And she, she simmers people down on the pitch. So yeah. she knows what, how even to Izzy? calm everyone down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have our words for a gal. It's just don't rise to it, especially after... Um, Lauren's unfortunate instance mm. we're just like no more just yeah. we just keep our game faces on and keep going but yeah she's amazing in in general I, you know obviously you love your football I have asked a few people and went about what who's their club team and who are their favorite players and a lot of people have just said that they're just not really interested in watching football they like playing it I mean are you are you similar to that or have you got your favorite oh, team and... no I used to I used to absolutely despise watching it because my brother used to watch it all the time but yeah. now I if I see football on TV it's straight on but usually I prefer watching the women um yeah. especially WSL league um yeah. so teams like Arsenal Chelsea and Man City are the ones who stand out for me yeah um but I must say my favorite player at the moment is uh, Grace Fisk, who plays for West Ham. Yeah. Or Millie Bright, who plays for Chelsea. Yeah, well, well, the, the WSL, I mean, where is it, uh, I, I can't keep up with events in terms of what's cancelled, what isn't, what can we watch, what can't we watch. What, what channel would that be on? Because uh, they don't promote it as much as... No, sometimes it's broadcasted on BBC. Yeah. But um, sometimes you watch your FA player or um, YouTube. Oh, but okay. it's, it's very rarely, unless it's like a big team like the um, ones who are top of the league, it's not usually broadcasted. So you've kind of had to dig around to try and find it. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a bit but of... usually you can find it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you've got your contact, you've got your dodgy uh, links. Yeah, you've got somewhere. dodgy, dodgy yeah. links. Yeah. <laughs> My youngest son asked me this. He, he said to ask you this. What's your like footballing aspirations? Like you're you're at the beginning now, and you've you've said you've literally you were kicking a ball around on a part. I mean, this is kind of like Roy the Rover stuff, really. From, <laughs> from my point of view, you know, you were just kicking a ball in the park. Your friends have pestered you to go, and you, you're in the team. You're, you're in the squad. You, you, you're getting you're getting minutes on the pitch. You know, because it's your beginning in your career. What is those? What are your footballing aspirations? Where where do you see yourself? I mean, we won't talk about. We will talk about COVID in a minute. But like, you know, <laughs> the joys of it. Real bugger, isn't it? It's kind of a bit of a kick in the face for everyone. But like, what, what, where do you see yourself in the next few years with your footballing career? I mean, I'm hoping to set a win where I am, and hopefully, aim to be on the pitch for at least half half the time. Yeah. But I want to get into a position where I'm more confident on the pitch. So. Like the way at the moment, I kind of panic a little bit, so I want to kind of kick that away and sort mm. myself out a bit. But 
I kind of want to carry on going on like the steady incline that I am at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, it's about it really. Kind of stay here, play locally, and just aim on getting myself in a better position where I'm. I'm kind of pushing people around, pushing the people around me instead of them pushing me. Mm. So yeah. Um, what's what's training like? I mean, I know that you've had a change of coach. Um, yeah. Recently. But like, what was what was the schedule? Were you kind of, you guys able to meet up a few times a week, or how did that work out? The schedule is that we train every Thursday um, for two hours, and it used to be up at the Thurs until we started losing light, um, and we tried to get light sorted up there, but it didn't work out in the end. So we ended up moving over to Buxwood, which has been a big, big check, like big good change. It's really good up there you get light all the time and play yeah. the whole two hours but training as much as it is work where you work hard and everyone's focused it's also a lot of laughs oh good because everyone goes through a bit of a delirious stage um there's definitely some older characters in there who are funny so funny and there's just silly things that people get nutmegged and people get falls to the face and all kinds yeah. of different things so as much as we focus it's also you come out absolutely crying so it's a good laughter. mix yeah it's a good it's mix, good of, mix. Yeah. yeah oh cool okay what was it like currently for you because you know you're 16 uh, with this covid situation what's the, the the deal with education wise i mean i know you obviously you're trying to get into football but what's where are you at with uh, it future? all got tipped upside down in March so I was trying to do my GCSEs and then got booted out of them and then uh, now just in college yeah but it's hard to settle into something that you haven't been in for ages yeah so college are throwing work at us left right and center um, and I'm still trying to get used to the very long days because my brain just completely shuts off after a few hours because I'm just so tired Mm. so much concentration for going from nothing to 100 it's a big, big change. Yeah, big change. I know that uh, uh, you know us, us um, oldies. I can refer to myself as an oldie now. Like, well, I work in the NHS. You know, we did, we, we didn't really, we, we, we weren't shut away like, yeah, like, like you guys were, and like you know, um, you know, we know, you know, us oldies never understand the youth. A bit like when we were young, the oldies never understood us. So I understand it. I can't. I just can't imagine what it's like. You know, just to be completely closed off nothing you know yeah we had nothing to do no we literally i spent i think i spent my whole days in tracksuit bottoms um and pajamas most of the time um and maybe i think me and my brother tried to go out walks every day but that was it and then i come home get changed again i know there's only so many walks you can go on isn't there i mean yeah only so many routes i can take yeah Let's talk about some of the characters in the team. For for anyone that was going to come along to watch Hastings, obviously not this month, but, <laughs> yeah. but maybe from next month ish, hopefully. If, if if I've never heard of Hastings before, I walk in. Who are the ones that are going to just stand out? They're going to be wow. These players, they're these are great people. Who are the ones that to you, you know, you think of, you know, the big characters in the team? Uh, we've got Grace, who training when we train it's not the same about her because she's loud and she's funny and she's constantly running everywhere like she's yeah. got endless energy 
Um, so, and on the pitch, she is constantly going all the time. I don't know how she, and then she comes off and she's still buzzing. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, then you've got Chooks, Caitlin Chooks, um, yeah. who is kind of the step down version of Grace. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so off a pitch and on it, she's quite funny as well. And then we've got Lindsay, who's kind of the dirty but funny one. Mm. Um, so kind of like the more adult humour. Yeah. Um, Do you have to cover your ears? When sometimes, yeah, sometimes, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you've got kind of Sophie and Ralph, who's kind of like the mums of the team. Mm. So they kind of rein everyone in, especially Sophie on the pitch. She's director of the pitch whilst Ralph is working hard in the mid. Mm. And then obviously you've got Molly, who's like the massive goal scorer, but completely off the pitch is not cocky. Like some goal scorers, the way she scores goals, like unusually cocky. Yeah. But she, she, it's, like, it's like she never scores. <laughs> she comes off so calm and like it's nothing. Just so down to earth. It's crazy. Um, and the same with Izzy as well. She don't let it get to her head either. Yeah. So she kind of stays on like the same ground as everyone else. Totally. But yeah, but everyone ties in in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I mean, I mean, I know you're 16, but like, have you been, managed to get out? I, I, didn't, I know this whole COVID thing has thrown everyone, but have you guys managed to get out on any little, little socials here and there? You know, nothing? Uh, yeah, yeah. So what do we, we went to, when we first all met up, we went to this Indian restaurant after what, um, the first match. And all had like a team meal there. So that was all quite nice. Yeah. Um, but then after every match, we always go up to the clubhouse and everyone always talks and call you, like everyone sits in their groups and talks and has mm. like fun. And then um, me and a few of the other girls used to do like this additional training where it'd be more like less focused, but still working on the basics. Yeah. So we all used to like talk and have a bit of fun there. But that's, I think that's pretty much all we got up to. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Millie, I mean, I'm out of questions. But, I mean, is, I mean, is there anything that you would, any message you want to give to the, like, the Hastings fans? They definitely need to come back after this. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm straight, they friends. have been. They have been, haven't they? Oh, so. yeah, they'd be so good. Even the last match when we were in uncertainty, they still turned up and still came, which is good. Okay, well. But, yeah, Millie, still be, keep being amazing like they are. Oh yeah, they'll love all that. Um, <laughs> now, well, Millie, listen, it's lovely that you give us a bit of time. Uh, take care. Thank you, you too. Sussex by the Sea quiz update. As it is looking like we haven't got any football for a month, that's going to leave more time on your hands, use fans. So get those music guesses in, and when lockdown's over, one of you lucky devils will win a replica shirt and tour of the inner sanctum of the club by the always fabulous Pat McCrossan. Ah, you join me for the mailbag. Here we are, the first letter. It's from Titiana from East Brighton. Um, she, she writes, here's her first song choice. Survey said. Well, that one was wrong. 
Here's a second choice. Right, I've got a. She seems to wrote some sort of statement. Um, is there an is there an alternative color? Because the color purple is offensive, as it could outline a bias towards a specific Christian religious group. Oh, okay. Hang on, there's a little bit more here. Where we appreciate, we do need to make this statement on behalf of all the Brigada Ultras in the East Brighton province. As we strive to promote ourselves, I mean, tolerance to all who agree with us. Well, lucky you got those both wrong then. And here we have um, Mr. Meldrew of Elphiston Road. Um, I, I, this doesn't seem to be sending in it. Is he sending in a song? I don't know if he's making a request. There's a, there's a small bit at the beginning here. Uh, I wish to complain in the strongest terms. Um, I'm sick of hearing people sing and uh, the drum being banged on a Saturday uh, I seem to lose my car parking space uh, there's people walking by with big smiles on their faces I mean what's the what's what's there to smile about I, I want the speedway back I know I got rid of it last time but that bloke on the drum really pisses me off oh okay well you stay angry and that's it for the mailbag and here's the fan roundtable. Thanks to Andy, Rye, John, George and Robbie for making it happen. Oh, there he is. It's Andy. Hi there. Good evening. Good evening, sir. Right. We're, all of us are nearly here. We're just waiting for Sir John Wills. Ah, Sir John Wills is here. Aggie out, Wills. Right then, gentlemen. And, and ladies who's just coming in, John Wills. Evening. Evening. Wait, John Wills is coming in, ladies. What? Did I get that mixed Okay, up? right. George, is it going to be like that straight off? Yeah. George. Is it going to be straight? You're going to the lowest common of that domino. I'm going to yeah, kazoo myself. <laughs> right. Guys, we're going to begin. It's a bit of a blag this week because COVID has buggered our season up for, for, for a month. But what we were going to look at, and it was a suggestion from George, the lovely George, the lovely, scrumptious, lovely... Cuddly George. Um, gonna... on. Listen, yeah, we all love each other in the Hastings family. Well, not not too not physical love, but we're going to do a few things. So we're going to go. We're going to go through a thing. I, I I should have sent this to you before, but I've literally only just got back from work. So please forgive me. You can say bad things about me later. Uh, we're going to do moment of the season, disappointment of the season, standout so far. We'll start from there, see where it goes, see if any of it's worthwhile listening to, okay? So, guys, uh, what's your moment of the season? I'll start with Andy. Oh, well, I'll be facing the deep end there. Um, cool, it's not this bit difficult to think of a moment of the season already. I think, um, I think the game against Whitehawk was, um, I think, overall for me, I mean, because, you, you know, for those of you that didn't meet me last time. I've only, only been to the home games this season. 
I thought the Whitehawk game, just the overall situation there, the way Whitehawk played, the way they played up at any um, robust challenge, and and the way we dug ourselves dug ourselves out of it. I thought that that whole thing, Ben Pope's goal in that game, we were sort of stood straight behind it, and that for me. Just something about that goal that was uh, the way he hit it and the way it put the, put us beyond reach. That that for me was pretty definitive against a team that really really came to cause us problems. Yeah. I like that. Obviously, yeah, I wasn't at Seven Oaks, so that counts that one out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, that, uh, that's good. No, it wasn't. It, let's be honest. It, how much joy did that bring to all of us? It was a great mm. goal. Mm. So that's that's that, that well that's that's your, that's the moment of the season according to Andy. What about you, Sarai? Lord Lord Rye. Lord Rye. Hello, Lord Rye. Lord I Rye received on, an upgrade. Twitter. <laughs> uh, um I mean I was gonna touch on the Seven Oaks moment, but I'm sure others will allude to that. So I'm gonna think a bit away from that. And I'm gonna go for GR7's return goal. And his first appearance is injury coming on and scoring that goal. Then I think it was Scott White's iconic photo of him just standing in front of the Steve Smith stand. DR7 spread out. I think that moment just encapsulates who we are as a club, his recovery and the adoring fans waiting to see him score. And I think it's just a wonderful moment that will be forever encapsulated in our history. Wow. Good photo. Right. Good photo. Yeah, it was a good photo. Um, he likes a bit of DR7, does Lord, does he? The Lord, Lord Rye likes DR7. Uh, George? I've got to go for the um, Chesham penalty shootout for me. Like the whole day and those moments, it was the last night of summer. Um, wonderful evening. Um, it, it just it just felt like the end of summer that night. Uh, cup tie. They brought a few fans who were great. Um, we played really, really well. Really good football that night. And um, yeah, that, that penalty shootout and the ball hitting the bar. And I'm so glad that uh, John and uh, another fan as well has videoed it so we've got that kept from that fan view as well and yeah when the ball hit the bar in the church and penalty shooter mm. absolute golden moment and what a night that was um, shall, shall we go to Sir John Wills yeah um, George you've stolen my thunder I think that shootout it just um, made you feel how lucky we were to have that sort of atmosphere, that sort of group of fans all celebrating a, a, a good climax to a game. You um, like a good climax. Anyway, I mean, it was, it was a toss-up between that and you, um, yeah, yeah. the I just, goalkeeper. I, I have power of editing. This is going to be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, I just think the uh, the banter with the goalkeeper is very entertaining, but that that's kind of a theme that spread through the whole season. Um, I'm not sure about uh, marking the keeper's bums out of ten. I, I, where did that come from? All me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Talking of all you, Robbie. Keep it up, Robbie. Yeah, go on. Talking of all you, uh, what, what's your moment of the season? Well, I say there were three that really stick out to me. Obviously, Cheshire Manager Tout, that's been mentioned. Mm. Um, the Wine Warrell goal against Seven Oaks, which briefly mentioned. But I think what has been mentioned yet is Hayward Heath away, because that was a pretty dominant Tuesday night performance. Mm. 
hats and a fantastic hat hat trick from everyone's favourite Kenny Kenny Pogue. Mm. I mean, that's a classic it's Tuesday night away day. That was. It was, yeah. it was a bit miserable weather, a bit cold, but we came. We we bullied them in their own park. <laughs> we outnumbered their fans. You got it for free, Chris. I mean, it was a all round great night. No, it was. No, it was. Uh, sorry, I'm t- tired, so I'm a bit sick. But I apologise to Andy, because Andy's the sensible. Actually, the, the two middles here, Lord Ryan and Andy, they're the sensible guys here. We, I do apologise for me. Not sure whether to take that as a compliment or not. No, it's a Believe me, when I'm the sensible one, you know there's a problem. <laughs> Because I, 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 you've, you've chose all these moments, uh, I, I'll go for um, Ashford's first penalty in the shootout as one of my moments of the season. Because um, so, it's the only one you saw. Because you've just taken the words out of my mouth. Oh, sorry. It, it, yeah, <laughs> it, it was the only one. I, oh, bloody, I, I'm not going to kazoo you. Uh, just from a point of view of, uh, it was getting a bit squeaky bum time and just that, the relief of pressure when they missed that. I knew that we were winning that shootout, but then obviously other things kicked in and we weren't really focusing on the uh, the penalties, unfortunately. Right, let's move on to a disappointment of the season. I'll start with Mr. Wills. Um, probably the badge. Oh, Jesus, we've gone back. We've gone back to the badge. Oh, no, it's going so well. <laughs> He's already donning his old gear yeah. as well to make his point. Yeah. Yes, go on, Will Z, go on. He's, he's started hot. That, that's it, really. Billy out. Can I just... Oh, yeah. oh, Andy's on. Andy's on, go on. Even as, a, even as a relative newcomer over the past two or three years, I, I must admit, I found the badge thing very... Just plucking a random lion out of the ether, I found that quite puzzling because um, there was a period where Premiership... Premiership football teams just couldn't stop changing and trying to modernise their badge, wasn't there? And there were some bloody awful efforts there, I must admit. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm comfy with it now, actually, though. It sort of um, goes with the kit and, and the, the, the redecoration of the stadium, the repaint of the stadium and the, and the, the logo really looks good. So some real good has come out of it. Yeah, some great work from Sam. Sam yeah. on the bar has done some fantastic work. The painting yeah. noticeable. Mm. Um, is our nickname going to change to the Mandalorians as well, isn't it? <laughs> I heard. <laughs> yeah. Um, better than the arrows that they keep promoting, uh, isn't it? When you hear, it's somewhere it's written that our nickname is the arrows and it, it? it keeps coming out in reports. Yeah. It is. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, okay. The arrows. Oh, the bus, I know the buses. The buses are called out. The buses yeah. have that all over them, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it's quite funny. We go to a quick point. I was talking to Willsey before I was I was uh, speaking to Andrew Brown. You know, the assistant coach. And this this bugger, yeah. And I'm like, I'm asking. I'm saying, John, help us out a bit because I've got the set of questions, but you know, I'm always looking for more. I said, should I sort of talk to him about? It? He's got a UEFA badge. And uh, he was saying, what's that? Is that like, is that, uh, let him, does that, so he can drive the bus, you know, like to take him to away games? Is it a bus? No, he said he coaching. He has yeah. experience with coaching. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Wills, you, you can't stop, can you? It's, so it's Brown out, Aggie out, everyone out. 
No, it was uh, it was Aggie as Brown in, wasn't it? As in on in and the I'm, bus. Yeah, I've got a new one. The the new Go stadium on. out. I'm thinking if we spent seven million on the on the pilot field, what a transformation! Yeah, it's just seven millions knocking around everywhere. Seven million, moment, isn't it? you don't get anything. You get one of those crummy grounds with no atmosphere. No, yeah, no. Um, we we make the atmosphere, John. Yeah, you need a bit of acoustics. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, we've gone off a little bit off topic there. Uh, George, uh, disappointment of the season. Probably the absolute wet wipes at Eastbourne Borough not playing their Sussex Cup games on Tuesday. Chickening out. Um, so they, they had a game five days later. They didn't want to play Hastings. Little old Hastings who were in leagues below them. Shame not, about the result today, wasn't it? No, I'm I, a Blackpool what, fan. I loved it. I, I heard they were really fit and came back and scored four goals in the last minute because they were all rested. Did that know what happened? That, <laughs> what, what was the final score today? What was actually the final score? 3-0 to the Blackpool boys, 3-0. Yeah, so, um, yeah, shame shame for them there. It's just shame for us because two days later, we're all in lockdown. We could have played a game on a Tuesday night. We've already sold tickets. The draw had been made for that cup game four days before they decided to pull out of the, the Hastings game. So there's no notice, really. We'd sold so many tickets. Um, and then they, aren't, they asked for it to be rearranged. And I think the Sussex FA have said no. So we're through there. But it's so disappointing. We wanted to play the game. Um, mm. Yeah, absolute wet wipes. You don't want to play local like derbies down to the Sussex Cup. Go on, Andy. Can they be fined? Eastbourne? Or is it sort of out with the Sussex FA's? I don't I, know. I, I, I think because they were in a higher competition than Sussex FA have allowed them to do it. But you're supposed to play these games. Yeah. Because it's an FA competition they're playing on, on the Sunday, they've allowed them. But it's very strange. Usually you can rearrange your fixture if you've got like a cut replay on a Tuesday night and there's a clash. But there was no clash. Mm. Really odd behaviour from that club. I think there was a good point about those sort of... Those sort of um, the Sussex Cup is where they play under 23s and that sort of thing anyway, isn't it? So... Uh, it's not as if they'd have played a lot of first teams, yeah. probably as well. It was yeah, lightweight. Oh well, oh well. Well, they got beat, right? Uh, right, Ryan. If you if you want a macho right. name for your nickname for your team, then Blackpool have got it, haven't they? Mm. The Tangerines. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Ryan, what disappointment of the season? Disappointment of the season has to be the Ashford Town fans. Because uh, I'm one of those people, obviously, I sit in the PA box for the games. But at the same time, I you love... down on us mortals, don't you? Peasant, mere peasants <laughs> will die out millions of years before I. No, um, well, the thing is, obviously, I love you home fans. You're all fantastic. I love the atmosphere oh, you create. Oh, we're but... home fans now. Do you notice that, George? We're just home fans to him now. <laughs> okay. Let see what's happening. Let see what's happening. Yeah. Get back in your box. Get back in your box, Ryan. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, one of the things I love is when an away team can bring a good atmosphere, bring something decent. And um, I think the Ashford Tower, yes, they brought in numbers, but they used those numbers to just, quite frankly, be arse hats to us. You know, mm. it's... 
you know, a good fan base is a good fan base. You know, when Whitehawk brought their fans, as far as I'm aware, there wasn't any conflicts. They were just decent fans there for a good game of football. There and was just Whitehawk talk. Exactly. And you respect the fans who come for a good game of football and are just people looking to have a good time, as opposed to psychopaths looking to spit on our security guards, which is disgusting. So they win my disappointment of the year and that should scar their reputation. So I'm going to leave a review on TripAdvisor. <laughs> Okay. It. it must be something about the name Ashford, mustn't it? Because they they offended us greatly by bringing blow up footballs, didn't they? The other Ashford. No, they blew up, blow up dollies, didn't they? Well, wasn't it the the foot the um yes? What was it? What blow up object was was um sex sought dolls. after by brought, the security? Pardon? Sex dolls, wasn't it? Halo figurines. Oh, wait, no, that's John Wills. <laughs> Steady on. Right, hang on. Who else have I not asked here? So, disappointment. Have I asked you, Robbie? You've not. No. Oh, please, um, uh, sir. Please disappointing. Uh, um, but maybe that's it, then. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's got to be Claire Paulding of Faversham. Because, um, well, I think he got, we mentioned that episode, but obviously, she was only intention was there was to make fans be quiet, stand there, obey the rules. And obviously, eat our prawn sandwiches, which everyone knows us. We do not like doing. Mm. So yeah, I think this Claire Balling at Faversham by far was a disappointment of the season. <laughs> Can we lay some context on that? And say yeah, because yeah, Andy, Andy might not know about this. Please, Robbie, furnish Andy with what what happened. Oh, I do. I did hear it on. The oh, did you? Oh, okay, good. Because I did hear about that. The funny thing was, I heard the previous podcast where you were talking to one of the senior guys from Faversham, mm. and he made such a big deal about how wonderful and welcoming they were going to be. And then that happened, so it was all a bit, exactly. a, bit of a joke, really, because he, he couldn't have he couldn't have been smoother when he was on the podcast beforehand. And then that happened, so it was a bit strange. Yeah. Well, if we're going to go to me now. Uh, my disappointment would be the Ashford fans because I, I had their bloody son of the chairman on and he painted such a nice picture and him him the son and the chairman were involved in shenanigans as well so that that's my disappointment that it's like you know you, you know it's amazing what a bit of charlie and a few beers does to people so uh unfortunately uh, uh they win numb nuts of the uh numb nuts of the year and, and a kazoo actually <laughs> Right, let's move on to so standout so far. So standout player, there's a there's got to be a few of these now actually because uh, I can think of at least three or four. Uh, I'm going to go to George first. Oh, they can't do that to me. Um, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. That's going to say yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, it has to be, and it has to be for more reasons. It's not the goals, the overall players. The fact that he's reinvented himself again pre-season, he reinvented himself as a centre back. He's played absolutely everywhere. Um, obviously, making room. We've got Ben Pope in the side. You've got David Radari. He plays up front, and he's he's got on with it. He's playing left wing. It's a, a tough fitness-based role he's got there, um, and he showed us all what he can do. And just overall, him being at the club is a, I think it's just a massive bonus for everyone, fans and, and all the other players. So, yeah, stand out for the season's got to be Kenny Poe. Okay. Uh, Rye. Okay, for me, I'm going to 
you might not expect what I'm going to pick, but I'm going to, I am going to reason it out. My pick is Craig Stone. Okay. And the reason that I'm going with Stoney mm. is because this season he has had to, well, he hasn't had to be slotted into central defence and central midfield as well. But all the time he's been calm, he's been versatile. And from all the clips he posts to Twitter, you can see he is actually quite skillful on the ball. But this season, I think, especially when you've got young players like Ben Ward, Tom Chalmers coming through, I think an experienced head like Stoney is just so good to have in the team. And he was good last season, but he stepped up to another level this year. So I understand that I doubt anyone else is going to pick him, but my pick is Craig Stone. I think he's been brilliant this season. Okay. Uh, Andy? Uh, Chalmers, for me. I, I think he's an unbelievably natural footballer. Um, he, the way he moves with the ball just reminds me of um, going back to the people like Gascoigne and Jack Wilshere when, when we thought he was going to be the next big thing and that and players like that who just something about him that he just, for so someone so slight, he, the way he just moves with the ball, the way he finds, the way he seems to find space as well, the way he sort of drifts around and find space and things just happen around him. He's just one of those players that just things just happen. I think he's got an unbelievable future if he keeps on going like this. You know, he's just settled into that team this year um, from being fairly regular on the subs bench, I think. And um, and he just looks like a natural, and I'm a real natural to me, a real natural, oh, okay. a, a real talent. Well, he's de- he definitely looks that. Mm. Right. Uh, who haven't I told? I've got Robbie and John. Who wants to go next? Go on then. Oh, all right. Go on. <laughs> it's the positive bit. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, of course. He's going to say none of them. <laughs> none of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say Chalmers. I, I think he's he's really coming into his own. But I would say the most influential player... From the from the midfield is Ryan Worrell, obviously. Mm. I know it's an obvious one, but he his just his ball winning, his creative abilities, um, setting up people, and the ability to score goals as well. It's just this. He seems half a yard ahead of everyone else. You know, I don't mean in our side. I mean he's getting to the balls he shouldn't do first. So, so yeah, I, I think so. For me, Ryan. Ryan's well, the one. Robbie? But as I agree with everything said so far. I reckon I could argue every single player that's played. I probably have enough to argue for them. But if I have to pick one, I'll go for um, the three-legged Ollie Black. Because <laughs> he's had a sensational season at left-back. His throws have been dangerous as always but I think his game has come on leaps and bounds this season I mean he's, I don't know what he's added to it but that left side this season is looking so strong and he's a big part of that and I think he goes under the radar sometimes because he's so still at the back but he's he's been had a cracking season I think he's had a lot of credit oh great yeah, stuff okay well, if it was my choice, I mean, I'd, I'd choose between Worrell and, and Kenny Pogue. I felt where there was a little point in our season where we weren't we weren't scoring, we were looking good, and that's when Pogue st- stepped up. And you know, let's be honest, he surprised all of us, didn't he? I mean, we didn't expect this from him. You know, this is uh, you know, he didn't just score one; he scored several. 
and you know he was he was a major part of a creative part in our team which we wouldn't say that in previous seasons would we he was more of a kind of like you know lump it long he's going to get a flick on whereas actually they 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 they're coming through his side more often than not aren't they at the moment because he's in such a confident form and then obviously with Ryan Morrell I mean he's just he's just everywhere he reads the game so well which is it's just defensively and attacking so um I mean we we we're sport for talent I and mean, it it warms my heart you know how could you not be unless you're in a forum how could you not be happy with the team that's out there at the moment you know there's so many good players out there you know we're sport right guys go yeah they gone felt everyone has picked a set a different player quite comfortably is um quite illustrates the point doesn't it oh oh yeah I Who think was, so. Was oh, the darts is on. We're losing to Wales. <laughs> Wales is losing oh, to smash by Wales. Watching the darts while we're doing a round table. Yes. <laughs> Come on. I would have had Kenny Pogue as young, up and coming player of the season, really. Yes. Sorry. Especially, <laughs> especially if, Sam, if Sammy can be in the under 23s. Well, yeah, that was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> Did it? That, 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 well, yeah, it was last week, wasn't it? That just that uh, I was trying to talk to Andy, and all of a sudden, go like, live action, live action, under twenty three sensation, Sam Adams. Oh, actually, you know what? Quick, quick, Andy mentioned something. Right, you were at the game when Stony, oh, Stony, yeah, Stony, Stony yeah. turned up. Like, give him a little. Can you give a little bit of a story to that? You know that. <laughs> You, because you were right there, so we were sat, we were sat there, and suddenly we, we, I said he came jogging in at about two fifty-six, and I thought, I'm sure that's Craig Stone in his tracksuit. Ryan could fill you in. He was trying to do some sneaky um, stitches during the minute silence. But <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing uh, with him is he manages the Gillingham youth teams under twenty. Under 23s and under 18s, I believe. So on the Saturday mornings, he's away. And I think that particular morning, I think he was away at Northampton. And so he kind of rushed back down to get here. And yeah, arrived, I think it was a few minutes before kickoff and was still doing his stretches whilst the game was going on. But I think that just shows dedication to the team and the fact that he will literally arrive two minutes before kickoff. He knows that, but he'll still strive to get there, which I think just encapsulates what's going on in this team and the uh, sort of atmosphere surrounding him. There you go, Andy. That's you filled yeah. in then. Yeah, I thought I saw from a couple of his, I, I didn't know for certain, but from a couple of his tweets, it looked as though he managed some of the Gillingham kids. And um, I did wonder whether he'd been caught at a game or something, but Northampton, I mean, good God. That's no mean feat, is it? No, it's not at all. No. Um, Maybe we can do a quick discussion of the FA Trophy draw. Who's who we got? Avali. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've tried to reach out to Avali. They've not got back to me. They they're more Avalon than Avali for me. Mm. Are they at a level where you can have a where you can take fans? Yeah, so they're, we... the same, they're the same level as us, aren't they? Oh yeah, of course they are. These... The senior team went away in pre-season to Avalee's ground to play against Grey's Athletic. It's quite a new modern ground, although the showers weren't working, so they had to use a hose pipe outside to clean uh, themselves after the game. Are they having a laugh? 
What can of worms have I opened here? Um, anyone else? So it's going to be me. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, I did. I reached out to them. They haven't answered me. I've also uh, Mr. Heritage has contacted me. Peter Heritage. He has now got permission to talk to me. <laughs> so that was interesting. Did, did he have to wait until he was sixty to come on? Is that what the rule was? But um, no, uh, I'm hopefully I'm going to speak to him later in the week, uh, and he's well up for it. And hopefully it will be banter filled. What else have I got um, in terms of interviews on me? Uh, who else? Hang on, one of the girls sent me a message. Millie Topless, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you interview Millie Topless? <laughs> okay, she's 16 years old, John. Right. <laughs> No, okay. what? No, no, right. Billy what, I it was, it was funny. Wait, you, you hear it on the podcast, but like, uh, I sort because you know I'm 45. Yeah, I can talk to anyone. I love, I love talking to people. But like, you know, when you're talking to someone that much younger, it's unless you're asking like football questions, you don't. You know, like, what do you say to a 16 year old? Right. So I asked my 17 year old, my my daughter Ellie, and she said, uh, I said to her like, you know, what do you say like? What do, you, what do you lot talk about, you know? And so, I don't know. And that was it. <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? Uh, anyway. Chris, I, I'm 16 and I'm terrible at talking to the opposite sex. So what do I know? Doesn't get any easier. All right. <laughs> okay. Right. We're, we're just going to ignore what he just said there. Uh, no, I'm talking to... Lauren, Lauren Buckley. I think she's. Lauren's a regular starter for the team. I'm sorry, mate. I've literally I've just come home from work, so my brain's frazzled. She's a regular starter, yeah. What position? Are you, are you... Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's a fullback. Oh, okay. And how many how many minutes on the pitch has she had, Ryan? Uh, come on. As far as I'm aware, she's been. As far as I'm aware, she's been an ever present for the team. Okay, can I, if I check that and you're wrong, what happens? Do you get? Uh, do you have to sit on the naughty step outside the box? No. I resign, that's what I do. I resign <laughs> in disgrace. Oh, my word. Oh, what a checkout. Oh, that was amazing. That was unbelievable. Uh, Rob Cross has just hit a triple 20 ball, double 16. Check out one. It was a lovely that. double 16 as well. That is sensational. Oh, I've just, I'm not getting much love here from you lot today. Right. <laughs> You're not a dartboard, that's why. It's the final. It's a World Cup final. What, England-Wales? Yeah. Yeah, which is weird. Sorry, Wales is England versus country. England. You are right, Chris. It's England versus England. <laughs> England versus small town. It's England A versus England B, isn't it? So. That's a bit nice to Wales. England C, maybe? I think Ireland has to argue they're England B. Dear. You can't beat and the welcome, I don't think, I don't think they would argue that, mate. And welcome to the Sussex <laughs> by the Sea Darts podcast. Chris, you can't beat the old darts players. They were real athletes. Oh, back in the day, mate. Jockey Wilson, Eric Bristol. Jockey on the hockey. Yeah. Um, gorgeous George. Bobby George, yeah. yeah. Who was, was the one that... Um, Werverneck, or was that the? Was he snooker? Bill Werverneck, wasn't he snooker? Big snooker, wasn't he? Yeah. He, Giant he he... haystacks was good though. <laughs> yeah, Big Daddy, Shirley Crabtree, ju- jumpers for goalposts, Wolf from Gladiator. Hey. 
Whatever. Whatever, George. Um, exactly. Does anyone want to mention anything? Is it possible to ask, a, ask another boring, sensible question the, about Adam Lovett? Okay. And his, uh, quest, his quest for a um, professional contract, and he ended up at Sutton. Does anyone Sutton know, United, yeah. Yeah, anyone know what the story... He seems so determined to go away and get himself a pro contract and ends up at Sutton. So I wonder, anybody know the inside story of his enthusiasm to, to do that sort of thing? Because he, he was at working at it for a, a long time, wasn't he? And I wonder what drove him to go from where he was to, to, to take that on. Pressure's on Ryan here. Mm. Oh dear. Pressure's on Ryan. Um, Ryan knows. He just went, he just seemed to disappear. And even the Hastings, even the website said, we understand that Adam Lovett has signed, signed with Sutton United. And I thought this is all, I don't know. Anyway, to me, it seemed odd. Ryan, Ryan's under pressure. I can see him squirming. Confess, Ryan. With the club. I don't want to compromise my position with the club. I'm not sure what the actual answer is. So <laughs> I don't want to say anything in case, in case I get in trouble. Um, but what I understand is this. I do not sound like that. Um, <laughs> um, you change your voice. <laughs> I know I didn't. Anyway. <laughs> don't be mean to um, it's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. I don't mind. Um, so, I think the whole thing with Adam was we've known he's wanted to get a professional contract for a long time, and we've known he's been capable of it. And ultimately, as a club, we can't control him. I don't know every detail behind it, but I think we know Sutton have been after him for a long while. We know they've been interested in him, and so I, I just I don't know all the exact details at this point in time, but I know there are admirers of him for a while. So. They're a big club, Sutton, aren't they? And they get a good five hundred and fifty a week there. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed a bit. It just seemed yes, exactly. The the medium nature of Sutton was probably a bit of a disappointment when I saw him sort of reluctantly holding that shirt in that photo. He didn't. Um, he didn't look like they just stopped him from doing cartwheels in front of the stand before they Ryan, gave him. Ryan forced him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Mills got him out. No, it's the new uh, one. Hang on, George. George, exclusive. Uh, what? To, feed, feed, tell us a bit more about this, George. How's he got him out? Well, what, what he's done really is just a, a campaign at, at Adam Lovett's house and his family. And John, it's a, it's been a vicious campaign from John Wheels to force him out of Hastings. Uh, I think John Wheels is ashamed of himself. Yeah, shame. No, no shame, no shame. What's a slur amongst friends? <laughs> yeah, but the new one is is not not Aggie out. It's new stadium out. <laughs> Anyways, I can I propose one more topic of conversation? Oh, of I'll brush over that then, Ryan, won't you? <laughs> yeah, of course, with pleasure. Um, <laughs> so I want to mention the fact that Aaron Capon's gone back to Eastbourne Town. So that's now him, Sterling Parker, Jack Stevenson. That's three summer signings who have come to the club and left within a few months so I'm intrigued as supporters what are your opinions on the fact that we've signed three players and they've all left soon after I think he chickened out a bit <laughs> cape on oh no never mind <laughs> hang on hang on where's the kazoo where's the kazoo where have I put it hang on John that was low. 
I found it, I, it. They did seem. I don't know. They did seem fairly speculative, didn't they? And interestingly, for me, the Elphick injury made me think. And one of the things I was going to say was in where we are in the season, it looks to me like we more need a um, additional central defender than we do need a surfeit of attacking midfielders and forwards, actually. So I wonder whether he just was just trying out his options and trying to get the best front front three or, or whatever, just so he could, and then discard some. I don't, know what, I don't know what terms these guys sign on. That's the thing, isn't it? Do we know what terms mm. they sign on? Usually pays your players, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So it's fairly loose anyway, then, isn't it? Uh, that's where you get quite a lot of people moving clubs because they'll see the the general consensus says, "Yep, yeah, you pay for us, we'll pay you." I know arguments like say fifty quid, but doesn't stop another club going, "I oh, will pay you seventy quid, come play for us instead." And then um, that's why you get quite a lot of moving around in our league because obviously not professional. Was it a knee-jerk reaction to um, Ajakai and Aziz going? I think and a load of players. I think it was, and we were also worried about David. We weren't sure how extent of his injury. Mm. Beginning of the season, we we weren't aware Kenny could play out wide. So suddenly, that's like we look. We this summer, I was actually worried we might be short out wide after losing the season. And Ajakai, and obviously, we got indoors. We got in Sterling Parker. We got in Capon, and Chalmers obviously now plays up there quite a bit. Obviously, coming from the youth academy, and obviously, I think it's it's yeah, I think you are right. It was hedging the bets a little bit. So the summer, we weren't really sure who was going to play out wide. Then we've been thankful with Chalmers and Kenny being in the form of gods. Darby on the bench, Lloyd Dawes when he's back fit, he's he, he's going to be causing danger. So I think, I think it was just hedging your bets a bit. As it works at our level, still maybe wasn't quite right fit. They weren't getting enough game time. They thought it was best for them to leave. I do find with this team, it's fairer for players like that, isn't it? It is fairer for players like that if they're just going to be kicking around and and that to let them go and play football, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Go on, George. Do you get the sense with this team? that it's all about fitting in with the, with the squad as much as the, the footballing ability and, and fitting in with the, with the group of boys. Um, and you see that why, you know, happy to see players come in and then leave a, f- a few weeks later if they're not a fit. I did feel like Aaron Capon was part of that squad. He did look, he did look to me from an outsider, look like he was part of the squad. So that's why I was a bit more surprised about Capon than I was about Stevenson or Raheem Sterling Parker leaving. Um, yeah, perhaps perhaps it is gone for game time. I hope him leaving means that Lloyd Dawes and Radari look in good shape. Well, yeah, we've got this little break now so they can recover more. So, um, should be. And perhaps that was a bit part of it as well. And if he's not going to play in the next month, you know, might as well make the move now rather than, rather yeah. than later. Yeah, I think he's walking on eggshells for quite a while, really. Where is it? Safe. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? If you lost your kazoo, I'm going to kazoo you. <laughs> I've got a phone call with uh, off Boris Johnson today, so that oh, really? might be that might good. be on the podcast. Uh, if I can get, I'm I'm on four long days in a row, so I don't know how I'm going to edit any of this. So um, uh, we'll see, won't we, on Thursday? But um, <laughs> something will come out. Um, John Wills. Yeah. <laughs> John Wills is never there. Stop picking on me. It's bullying. <laughs> Making it so easy. Go tell your mummy. Yeah. 
Well, mm -hmm. listen, gentlemen, it's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, that's that's been a very tickling uh, forty minutes of time. Um, uh, what were you? What are you all up to the weekend? Um, what what are you, what are you spend your Saturdays on now, Robbie? Studying. I'm I'm doing insurance course. I spent some time studying for that. Very exciting. <laughs> Is that do I could do that? He studied an insurance course. Can he want? Go on. Uh, Andy, what are you doing on Saturday? Or what did you do on Saturday? What did I do on Saturday? So I went for a, went for a bike ride in the morning and then just loafed around like a bit of a loser in the afternoon, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't kazoo that. Uh, Roy? Uh, I went shopping early Saturday morning and for the rest of the day watched some classic Mel Brooks films had some pakoras and just chilled which which classic film are we talking blazing saddles are we talking uh, young frankenstein we're talking young frankenstein ah superb superb Jumbo, great knockers thank you <laughs> no, no, no. what can't you remember it's a, a, a fabulous scene or the marty feldman the hump on his back more... kept kept moving from one shoulder oh. to the next Anyway, Morty Feldman is a comedy genius. Oh, he is tremendous. Uh, John, what what are you doing up on Saturdays then? Well, I sometimes line up my Halo minifigures min to battle against the Star Wars Lego ones. <laughs> George, <laughs> I had to pretend that Saturday was a Sunday to get myself for it. That's um, fair enough. Yeah, that was yeah. It's pretty dreadful having no football. Mm. Um, so yeah, I had to had to pretend yesterday, which was Saturday, was uh, yeah, it was a Sunday. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? It's just a strange day. You're like, there's something missing. Mm. I haven't watched. Right. I haven't watched soccer Saturday in years, and it just felt wrong sitting in my living room watching it. I started tweeting what they were saying just because I missed it so much. Yeah, I mean. When you see when you see football, it makes you realise how lucky we we are we've been to have football with a crowd there. Yeah. Because I've got no interest in you know I watch a bit of match of the day or whatever, but no interest really in these lifeless games. With a, it's the well, crowd that makes, it's really the crowd that makes football, isn't it? Mm. When you when you think about it, it's interesting that because I saw a bit of the because um, I mean. You could argue that the mess over letting people into grounds and lockdown two in itself are also some of our disappointments of the season already, aren't they? The fan situation, watching that United of FC of Manchester or whatever they call themselves against against and Doncaster with no crowd in the ground, they just didn't stand unearthly. I mean, the, the professional team just turned up, passed the ball round them, and. Um, and went mm -hmm. home again. They were never going to win that game in an empty stadium. It was absolutely soulless. And I think I was thinking about poor old Tunbridge as well. They got all yeah. the way to the first round for the first time in donkey's years, have to play a pointless game against a professional team in an empty stadium for no money. And uh, yeah, I, I really think that that's why a team like Sheffield United are doing so badly because they're a gritty team and they, they play for the fans, and the fans are fantastic at Sheffield United. Um, but, you know, I think that's a big part of their downfall so far this season. 
Leeds as well. I was thinking Leeds. I mean, Elland Road without fans. I mean, that's half there. That, they, that must lose them about 10 goals a season, I would have thought. It is tragic. You know, also is tragic is George is mm. paying not one bit of notice to any of us. I'm listening. I'm oh, listening. yeah. Oh, you're back again, are you? Yeah, I've just been I watching was, you. I was listening, mate. I the could, thinker. I could just see the, the, the thinker staring at the darts. I don't want to look at Ryan. <laughs> the, we've lost the darts, so he's not watching that anymore. Do <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you say John Will's an Arsenal fan? Yeah. Uh, you seen the current it. score? No, I don't know. I was going to watch match of the day tonight. Match of the day too. No, I don't know what is the score. Yeah, so uh, I thought I was ruining it for John Wills now. Right. Yeah, don't ruin it, Robbie. Oh, are you watching? Yeah, look at an iconic image instead. <laughs> are Arsenal missing their vocal fan base? Is that why they're not <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've really, uh, since. Oh my God. Oh He's my seen it. God. What? Your ass is being whooped, Willsy. That's uh, I, I, Aggie. Well, how do you feel? Because Aggie, Aggie's, Aggie's, um, Aggie's an Arsenal fan as well, wasn't he? Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, yeah. We grew up together. He was in the year above me at school. Well, you, yeah, all right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. Did, did anyone like the... Oh, I, I won't talk about that. I no, don't, say... don't, don't spoil it for John. Sackers. Yeah, all right. I know, I know it's dismal already. But <laughs> thanks, lads. Chaps, it's a pleasure. Um, have a lovely week and uh, hopefully catch you lot next Sunday or Monday. But uh, uh, thanks again, Andy, Rye, Robbie, George, John. Take care. Take and care, I'll, everyone. And uh, hey. may your hey. God go yeah. with you. Take care, dysfunctional family. <laughs> stay sane. <laughs> don't, stay, don't stay safe. Stay sane. Yeah, that's uh, that good words there. Anyway, Cheers. okay, take care, guys. Cheers. See you guys. Bye. 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 And that's it for another week, Hastings fans. Remember, we want your input, be it feedback or ideas. We want to hear from you, Hastings family. The email is hufcpod at gmail.com, and that Twitter is at hufcpodcast. All that's left for me to say is I've been your host, Chris Laverick. Hope you have a good week and see you at the game. Hopefully, this year. Sussex by the sea, I've got old Sussex by the sea, you can tell them.